the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Monday. Oh my. Yeah, oh my, it is. Talk about explosions. It looks like it is blowing up outside D.C. right now, y'all, because this is what happens when you don't push back. This is what happens when you allow anarchy, full scale destruction of property, of lives, of businesses, of law, the taking of lives that's gone on in Seattle. Oh, the summer of love. This is what happens when, when, when savages, barbarians get to just do whatever they want to do without any pushback whatsoever, without any repercussions. And in fact, not only no repercussions, but when they get rewarded with legislation, validating their lies and their false narratives, this is what happens. It just continues. And do we have anybody out there, at least besides President Trump, trying to do anything to stop it? Speaking of President Trump, he held a rally this weekend. Uh, it was his first in months. I'm curious uh, as to what you guys think. Was it a was it a swing and a miss, or was it a swing and a hit? And if it was a hit, was it like a do you do you use my man's sports analogy here? Hopefully, I'm gonna get it right because I don't like the sport. Was it was it like a little pop up fly? Was it a single? Was it like? Uh, Grand Slam. I think there's something called a Grand Slam that may just be a meal at Denny's. I don't know. What did you guys think about that? We're going to be discussing that as well as so much more to talk about because it's just uh, that we got to talk about what nobody seems to be talking about in mainstream media. I'm not even seeing it up on uh, Fox News right now is who knows the name Makai James. Anybody recognize that name? Guarantee you the world knows the name of George Floyd. Anybody know the name Makai James? Yeah. Yeah, we got these fools, these savages, these barbarians tearing down statues in D.C., setting up autonomous zones, all in the name of George Floyd or maybe Richard Brooks. There's not no there's not one person a part of this crowd that knows and including the mainstream media that knows or is recognizing the name Makai James. Glad to have you guys with me tonight. We're going to be talking about Makai and other stories here tonight. 888-344-1170. Did you watch Trump's rally Saturday? What did you think about the sad, uh, the crowd size? What did you think about his speech? Did he knock it out of the park for you? Was it a home run or was it a swing and a miss? Or was it just like, oh, I'll take the single. I'll take the base hit. I'd love to hear from you. 888-344-1170. The man who will take your calls and keeps it rolling every night. I did my best, my friend, with my baseball analogy for you. It's DJ Potato Skin. We have a gentleman. Tremendous things are happening. We built the greatest economy in history, the best jobs, the 
Great baseball analogy. Used it very well. I would probably <laughs> say, if I had to relate it to baseball, um, I've never been a big, deep home run guy, but Trump legged it out. It was an inside-the-park home run because okay. he skirted the mainstream media for what they were trying to slam him on, and he explained everything, and he pointed it out, and he made sense. And I don't care if the crowd size was two people. Those were the people that are diehard Trump supporters and Joe Joe Biden speaking to crickets right now. Well, yeah, I mean, he had like six people show up sitting in, in, in the no four people show up. I think and I think they were sitting in the middle of the chairs or in the middle of these like six foot distancing rings or whatever. But ridiculous. what you were worried about him kowtowing or him apologizing. He didn't do any of that. He was like the Trump campaign of 2016. And I, I ate it up. I, I from what I heard of it, I didn't get to hear it start to finish because I had a little social engagement. Sorry, Wilma Wooten here from San Diego County, who had dared to say last week on Friday, I think it was, to tell San Diegans that you're not allowed to have any gathering in your home until next year. Um, hey, Wilma, we toasted to you at our party Saturday night, girl, and there was there was more than a few people there, so I didn't get to hear all of uh, President Trump's speech. I thought he could have gone a little bit farther. I felt like he could have been far. He could have gone farther in pushing back against the crowd. I get why he his tone was it was his first rally back. It was a little tongue in cheek at times. It was it was, you know, it was snarky, funny, working the crowd Trump, but I did feel like he missed a little bit of an opportunity in terms of his messaging. I felt like he, any particular area? Well, um really in terms of race relations right now, I felt like he I felt like it and his viewing. We're going to talk to Adam Weiss who's a press rep. He's a publicist of some of the biggest names every, every you know everybody that he's represented and i'm curious to get as a publicist and as a as a press rep his perspective on it because um what you were talking about last week with the coronavirus though i i thought he home run well i feel like it, when we had jen kearns on the show on friday she laid it out really what he should have said educating the american people as to the republican party that we were the party that ended slavery we were the party that not one democrat right. voted for the civil rights legislation the democrats were the party of the kkk nancy pelosi's grandfather uh how many confederate statues did her grandfather or uncle or somebody like that put up how about talking about he could have talked about Robert Byrd, who was the Grand Wizard or Imperial Wizard or what, the head of the KKK at one point. He could have talked about how every city going on right now where you have had uh, any uh, these police, you look at the Chauvin from Minneapolis, 18 complaints against him, every aspect of that city and its state, uh, city, state and, and local governments were Democrat controlled. There's so much farther, I thought, that he could have gone. He could have then he could have transitioned into could have given a history as to both parties and what went down and then he could have talked about the history of the of this great nation that overcame the past the progress that we have made we elected the first black president in the united states of america years ago and that president failed his own community but here's what trump did i thought he missed an opportunity i really do he's got he's got more opportunities to give that message but he had seven million people watching and i i i i i got to be I'm an equal opportunity criticizer. I got to I got to call it as I see it. Well, I agree with you. He you know, he probably could have gone farther. I don't think he cowered. I think uh, no, he didn't cower. some people like you maybe think he was too mild, but I, I thought he did fine. I didn't think he cowered. I just felt like he could have gone a little bit farther. Um, I think that um, 
he ran in 2016 on a Make America Great platform, and he did not. He was much more. He should have been as forceful about this issue as he was when he came down the escalators and talked about sealing the border. Talked about the issue that we had with illegal immigration. Talked about how Mexico's not sending their best. Some of the people coming across the border are rapists. That strength, that boldness of message, that I am going to restore the greatness of this country, and I don't care what names you call me, in the course of my Make America Great um, of a slogan, this is what I'm about. So I don't think he cowered, but he was not as forceful as he could be. And I think he's, and I think it's because he's got too many people in his camp trying to make him go weak. He's got too many in the Republican Party. Right now, the Republican Party has completely caved. I don't think he knows who he trusts right now. Well, I think, unfortunately, he's he's got to trust some people within his own family. Uh, Javanka, as they're called. Jared uh, mixed with Ivanka. And they're, they're, they're lefties. They are far more, more about the Democrat Party, her and her Family Leave Act and all this kind of stuff. And you know, that's why I didn't like um, Trump coming out with this executive order for police reform. I thought he did, and I felt like he missed an opportunity there with his panel as well. I can't just sit here and say that Trump, every time I, Trump speaks that I think he knocks it out of the park. He's in a really difficult position, absolutely difficult position. And I think what Trump needs to do is trust his instincts and stop listening to Because they're probably people. right. It was his instincts that got him elected in 2016. If he sticks with his instincts on this issue, as well as coronavirus, as well as every other issue that we've got economically and foreign, you know, um, uh, foreign policy as well, I think he'll come out a winner. I just think he needs to. He he knows he's got. He to this day continues to have his finger on the pulse of the American people. He knows that the majority of the American people are not okay with what's going on in the streets. Makes you wish Sebastian Gorka was still working for him. Well, you know, I think I think Dr. Gorka is in a sense that he I think Dr. Dr. Gorka is actually able to do more for him through his national show Very true. than he was able to do uh, behind the scenes as an advisor. And so I'm, I'm happy where Gorka is. I absolutely am. Um, speaking of advisors, excuse me, I had a little bit of a scratchy throat, so I had to put a cough drop in my mouth. I ain't got the Rona. I got a tiny little bit of allergies, not near as what I had before I started taking Doesn't my Doesn't that aggravate you now anytime anybody sniffles? You're like, oh no, it's the coronavirus. Oh my gosh, I sneezed in a snore the, the store the other day and the hairy eyeball that I got from everybody in there. <laughs> I mean, I know everybody was like, it's like I have allergies. At least they're not as bad as they used to be thanks to Balance of Nature. Um, uh, Makai James. Th- uh, this weekend in Chicago... I think it was, I don't have the number in front of me, something like 15 people killed, the majority of those teenagers, and the youngest victim was, uh, over 100 people were shot, I think 15 people died, the majority of those under, under were children, were minors, one of, one of them was three years old. That's a baby. We had a baby that was killed in a drive-by shooting in Chicago, and nobody's talking about it on TV. Yeah, because you brought it up. Guess what? That's the first time I heard about it. Nobody is talking about this baby. And the picture of him will tear your heart out. Tear your heart out. What is the mainstream media? What are they caring about today? Oh, Trump said Kung Flu. He called it the Kung Flu. Anderson Cooper opened his show tonight talking about Trump calling it Kung Flu. Not a word about this three-year-old. There was one uh, anti-gun activist in Chicago who gave an incredibly impassioned speech tonight. Saying, where's the thirty to 50,000 people here? Where is the outrage here as there is for George Floyd? 
Nobody cares. Not one of you Democrats, not one of you Black Lives Matter activists, not you, Alyssa Milano, not you, Jimmy Fallon, or any of the rest of you late night people, not one of you gives a crap about black lives, or you would be talking about Makai James tonight. That's who you would be talking about. You sure wouldn't be talking about somebody using the term Kung Flu. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring in... Adam Weiss, first time on the Andrea K show. I got to calm down before I get choked up and start crying over this Makai James baby. Um, we're gonna we're gonna pick Adam's brain and see what he thinks about the rally and get his opinion too of of uh, what what they should do next, possibly because I've got some ideas as to why the the size wasn't what it, it, people were expecting it to be, and I'm curious to see what Adam thinks about that. If I'm right or wrong, stay tuned. More Andrea K show coming up. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. A.K., Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Whatever anybody calls me, or even if they would like to take some keys and key... You know, die white, you know, conservative chick. Would the Department of Justice come and do it, launch an investigation if I if that happened to me? I guess I I guess I, maybe I should, if I change my name to Bubba, maybe maybe the DOJ would come if I faced a threat. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about this Bubba Wallace. If they made I'm, I'm a, I, one of my fam, one of the sides of my family is a Wallace. Maybe I need to dig into this before I talk about Bubba Wallace. See if he's see if I'm related to Wallace. Mama was a Wallace from Wiggins, Mississippi. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that story later, as well as we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about this U.S. attorney that got the boot. Um, uh, y'all know how I feel about that. I believe anybody should be able to fire anybody anytime, any place for whatever reason. I believe in at will employment. We don't, you know, you know, somebody doesn't want you around. Bye. Trump would be proud. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> but I want to continue to talk about Trump in this rally a little bit because um, the poll numbers are supposedly. Uh, today, the big story was is that Trump was angry on the plane and upset. Biden is out raising out fu- out fundraising him. The poll numbers are bad. I mean, people are just writing uh, the epitaph. I guess it is for Trump's campaign right now. So joining me to discuss this is a press rep, a publicist, a PR guy, which is a perfect guy to give us this analysis on this. It's Adam Weiss. He was actually at the rally. So you're going to hear from somebody who was there. And Adam is not just any PR guy. I mean, he's he he knows the biz better than anybody. He's represented um, every big name that you can think of. Adam, welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Andrea, thanks for having me. So give us the scoop, because lots of speculation as to why this was not like other rallies in the past. We had heard a million people were looking to get tickets. And then now we find out only like 6,000 people were there. What happened? I mean, they they checked in, they say 10 to 12,000 people. And I would say I was in there from 2 o'clock on, maybe 2.30 on, to when the president ended, which is like 9.45 Central Time. So... Or maybe it was Eastern Time, and that's what he ended about. I think it went about an hour and forty minutes. So there were probably anywhere from ten to twelve thousand people in the stadium. Well, for one, Tulsa is a small city; it's not the biggest city in Oklahoma. It, the most of the people travel in two hours to get there. We've just been through three weeks—I mean, three months—of COVID. People losing their jobs, losing their businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of uh, money lost in the economy. It's a trip to get there. Nobody was like, I live in Tulsa and I'm just sitting out there. But right. I got there on Thursday night 
And if any of your audience has never been to a Trump rally, it's fascinating. I got there on Thursday night, flew into Dallas and drove because very, and then there's another point because it's very hard to get a flight from Tulsa. They connect and then they want like, like the cheapest thing connected because I did the last minute was a thousand dollars to go to Tulsa. That was one way. So we get there Thursday night and there's a line around the corner, like maybe a hundred people. Thursday night, I'm like, and I, one by one, I went up to the first guy. He's standing there with a table full of merchandise. Must have been about 25 years old. So I said, what do you, so this is my 64th rally. Wow. Trump may, be, Trump may become an entrepreneur. So how long have you been here? It's just three days. I'm selling things. I do great at every rally. Then I went a couple of people up. I said, how long have you been? You're sitting on a beach chair. I said, how long have you been here? He says, I've been here since Monday. Wow. I said, Monday? He says, where are you sleeping? On the beach chair. These guys said, are like deadheads. Like, These are like the old deadheads. Who remembers the deadheads? Grateful Dead? <laughs> exactly. That's what I said to people. That's what I said to people. I said, I don't know any concert band that's the great head. That's what the deadheads used to be. They'd be like, this is my 45th dead concert. It was yeah. like a cult. Yeah. And that was, a, that, that was the kind of people that were at the beginning, at the very beginning. And the 45, I said, what do you sleep? He doesn't even, the chair doesn't even lay down. He says, I just sleep on my beach chair. That's wow. up. So, and then by this, by the third day, I said, it was about seven, on Saturday morning, there's about 10 rows of people, 10 streets back. But usually they, to fill a place and be like overcrowded, they need about yeah. 20, 20 blocks forward. So, you know, there's a combination of, you know, the COVID, which, and then the media hysteria. We've had, I mean, before the rally, you probably had a week of every channel and newspaper telling everybody if you're going to if you're going to that stadium without a mask you're going to be sick you're going to be ill you're going to be you know you're going to come out of there deadly ill it's like they scared people so much well how about how about people expecting antifa to show up with cement milkshakes you know you're going to feel very safe right now when we have these kinds of riots unfettered these people have nobody pushing back against them they're allowed to do whatever they want to do we even got some some dope up there saying oh it's the summer of love up there and chop or chaz or whatever they want to call it (laughs) you know i mean they can't even get these people out of out of the way for trump to be able to go to a church without him being criticized i mean they're allowed to do whatever they want to do i would be and if you think about um, whatever the age i would have been i would have been really scared if i had family member going there would have been like you know hopefully it's open carry hopefully you can take something there to defend yourself yeah according to the mayor of vials it's the summer of love these these protesters right and I would, and I, it's ironic because on a Saturday morning, I went into the diner, this diner around the corner. I go, me and my colleague go in there before we go early, walking, and throughout the bar, sitting at the bar waiting to eat, because everything's open in Oklahoma. I'm sitting here in New York, and it's brain dead. I got a governor who's brain dead, and mm-hmm. a mayor who's, it might be just as bad as the governor. But so today we have phase two, which basically means nothing here. Right. But Same. it was nice to be in a state that's free. I was able to go, we walk in across the whole counter, it's Black Lives Matter. But, shirts sitting there eating and i sit down i look up and they and two of them go in the kitchen i said they're the waiters wow the front says black light matter back back says please don't choke me one of those phrases please and then the waitress says talking to the couple next to me they said some of these people might come here and mess up our place and i don't know what she was talking and the guy says why says because we have a pride flag Mm. I looked up at her. I said, what do you mean? Who's going to be, who's going to come in and accuse? She's like accusing conservatives of possibly coming to the diner to mess up their diner because they have a pride. When has there ever been any group of conservatives going in and doing anything about pride? This is so ridiculous. Trump, none whatsoever. Trump is the one who said, hey, Caitlyn Jenner, you want to come and use, you know, as a transgender person, you want to come and use my bathroom at Trump Tower? Fine. You know, it wasn't Obama who put in the first openly gay ambassador to Germany. It was President Trump. I mean, this is 
is re- absolutely ridiculous. But we got to fast forward through this. I got to get your. I have a theory. When seven million people viewed, I think it was one of the. It was like a pay per view event. It was like the old Mike Tyson boxing match. So many people watched it online. I think that the left, with exploiting the coronavirus has done a good job of changing our culture to the point to where people are used to sitting at home and watching people stream now. And going That's in, and people aren't used to going to the theater anymore. They're not used to, go, you know, now they're used to sitting on their sofa. They're not used I to went, getting up and making an effort and going anywhere anymore. I went with uh, colleagues of mine, America's Voice New. It's a new alternative conservative. Oh, I know, my girl Gina. I didn't know you were there with oh, them. Gina, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I went with them. They're a client, a client of mine. And they got 1.5 million views on Facebook on different segments. And we're getting it. the numbers have never been like that. It was off the charts. Yeah. And the live Facebook they had was forty thousand, beating Fox News's Facebook. So, Fox News had seven million viewers. You're right. So, those numbers are like Grammy numbers, like award mm-hmm. numbers. The, watching the president. So, if people got lazy, it's hot in Oklahoma. And another thing, I had a couple of girl, uh, females in my hotel that I, I ran into. And I I'm said, glad you changed. You started to say girls to females. Good, good move there. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> good, good. So, keep it up with the culture. <laughs> so I said, they said, we just drove two hours to go to Trump rally. I said, and they said, did you get an RSP? I said, no. I said, when you came, said, yep, we just blocked and we just wrote in, but we decided to come. I said, I would never come to a rally if I didn't get an RSP back. Next day, this police officer who was working, volunteering, he said, my wife didn't come because she never got a response back. So there's something wrong they're doing with their, uh, you know, with their message, their RCPs and their, when people sign up. Because yeah. if you th- you need to tell people, yes, you are confirmed. Yeah. Well, I, I think that there, I think there was a combination of things at play. I hope Trump continues to do it because... And- it's his his rallies are you know I've got a, I've got a family member that's been to a bunch of them because um, she lives in Ohio and uh, so goes Ohio so you know I I felt like last question for you in about a minute we have left his message I felt like he could have gone a little bit harder I felt like he could have been a little bit more Trump twenty sixteen um, with this issue uh, just like he was on on, immig- on illegal immigration I felt like he could have gone harder your thoughts yeah I see his I've seen his energy you know this is. On a Trump energy of 10, this is probably a 7. Well, I mean, the guy's beat down. I mean, he's beat down because he doesn't have any help. He's got the Republican Party caving everywhere. And, you right. know, in the end, you know, he's continuing every, you know, it, it's it's been it's been a long well, three years. Let's take it as Andrew. He's flying in on Air Force One. They built a stage outside, a stage, massive stage. And they're, supposed, they're telling him, Mr. President, you're flying in. You're going to speak at the stage in front of thousands of people. And then after the stage, you're going to go inside and speak to the stadium. Somewhere in that flight, somebody had to go to him and say, Mr. President, we've just broke down the stage because there's nobody outside. Yeah. Yeah. And then he lands and then he has to be at the 10 level he always is at. Yeah. That's got to deflate him a little bit, right? Well, yeah, because, I mean, he feeds off the crowd. You know, I mean, right. you know, he's he's like a stand-up comic. He's like Robin Williams the, working the crowd. And the problem with this whole thing, and you give media a little inch and they'll run with it. But, you know, from day one, whoever the campaign manager at Brad Haskell, he should have never said we had 1.2 million. Yeah, RCP. that was dumb. It's going to be packed. You just say, look, Mr. President hasn't been out in the trail for four months. We're going to do the best we can. 
if we fill it, we fill it. If not, well, yeah, and he, and the, the middle American CSP, it's not a big deal to say that. Right? Well, no, yeah, I mean, you got to manage expectations. You know, I come out right. of corporate sales. You always have to manage expectations. And they could have said, look, we don't know how many people are going to come because we know that people are concerned about coronavirus and we respect that. So that's why we, you know, we're, we're, you know, hoping everybody's going to, you know, if they don't feel comfortable coming, we get that. And if they, you know, and they can watch it online and, you know, yeah, just. Andrew, and you're in San Diego, correct? Yeah. Andrew? Yeah. Your governor is just as bad as ours. I mean, it's oh, small, yeah, business, oh, re- oh, yeah. small business left and right closing on my block, left block, right block, restaurants dying, going out of business, every state. So yeah. people yeah. are struggling. Yeah, I, I wish that last thought for you, I wish that uh, Trump had not continued to defend the shutdowns because I think they were a mistake. And now it's now he's in a corner to where it's like. He can't go hard against Newsom and, you know, against Cuomo because he, he, you know, he bragged for weeks that he had to shut it down. And he had such a great working relationship with these guys. So he kind of backed himself into a corner on that. And I get that. By, so by the, by the sixth week when he still was saying, you know, remember it was 14 days to stop the spread. Yeah. And then it became like a month and a half yeah. and become next thing. You know, it's three months to stop the spread. Wait a second. Yeah. You see, people are going to be mentally, you know, going to have such psychological problems from this. Yeah. Be worse than Corona will ever be. Yeah, uh, but I, I saw a, a picture that uh, somebody I know tweeted out today, and it was a picture of him, his tie undone, and he's walking, you know, off of the yeah, helicopter. Yeah, and somebody was like, you know, the left is using this picture against him, but this man is so unappreciated, the most unappreciated man in the world, who's working so hard for our country. And that's true. Every moment, every day. Every moment of every day. From and, every angle. And, and not only is attack from every angle, we have these terrible rhinos that start packs and the Romneys of the world. It's every moment oh, of Lindsay every day. Graham. Oh, Lindsey Graham. There's not a man or a woman on the planet that I know that could take the heat that he that this guy takes every day for four years from his investigations and yeah. From John Bolton last night, just an hour. They, I mean, oh, limp broom. don't get me started on limp room. Would they ever give any? If anybody wrote a book about Barack Obama, would they give him an hour free special on network TV? No, any, press, anybody tried to do president? that against him. He'd been Vince Fostered. Anybody out of the Obama administration done that, he'd have been right. Vince Fostered right away. You kidding me? Exactly. Adam, oh, got, yeah. got, <laughs> got to leave it there. Thank you for being here. I'm glad to know you're working with my girl, Gina. I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah. Awesome. Hi. All right. Well, take good care, Adam. Thank we'll have you, you back soon. All right, we're going to take a break. Guess what? The Black Lives Matter, one of the founders, one of the OGs of Black Lives Matter, finally admitted. We're going to talk to my buddy Don Jans on the other side of the break about that because they admitted it. But do Americans even know what she admitted to and why it matters? Stay tuned. We're Andrea K. Show coming up. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Um, at the open of the show, we talked about a name that nobody's been talking about. Um, almost uh, more than halfway through the show, still not seeing it on or the, seeing the story at all on any of the mainstream media that is displayed all across my studio here. And that is Makai James, three-year-old boy killed in Chicago. Black Lives Matter doesn't care about it. Not at all. They're all about defunding the police. They're all about their Marxist movement to destroy this nation. And they don't care how many little three-year-old boys get get destroyed in the process. Um, in fact, New York City shootings just over the last seven days are up 356 percent. This is intentional. 
what is going on, the anarchy, the rioting, the disruption, the fear and panic that it's causing across the nation. And it is it is well calculated, well organized and well thought out. And you don't have to believe me. You can believe Ms. Patrice Colors or however you say her name, Black Lives Matter co-founder, who said on a video We actually do have an ideological frame, she says. People act like we don't have a plan here. People act like we don't have we don't have a movement identity. She says myself and Alicia are particularly trained organizers. We are trained Marxist. We are super versed on ideological theories. Yes, they are Don Jans, author of The Road to Tyranny. Um, They are and um, they are using their training quite well, aren't they? Extremely well. And they also learned from one of the best, Barack Obama. Yeah. Barack, Barack Obama is a, is a hardcore, a hardcore um, Marxist. And what he did is he set up the, 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 um, the mechanism to fundamentally transform the United States as he said he would. And this is, this is where we are right now because of that. Andrea, we are at an extremely serious point in our, in our history. Uh, and, and I always like to go back and, and see what happened in other points in history. And Samuel Adams uh, in the 1770s, very, very distinct. He said, it is now high time. Listen to this, people. Listen. It is now high time for the people of this country to explicitly declare whether they will be free men or slaves. That's exactly where we are now. Will we be free men or will we be slaves to government? And make no mistake. That is what Marxism is, is enslaving the population to the government. And isn't so it ironic that they're seriously, we better take it seriously. And it's and I start to say it's ironic, but I don't think it is. And I don't think it's coincidental that the that they're actually using uh, this uh, the the uh, post slavery slavery America as the means of which to transform us off of the death of, of George Floyd into a Marxist to make us all slaves. And I it's and it makes me wonder, do do the black people that support this Black Lives Matter movement, do they do they do they actually believe that it's just white people that are that are that are going to be suppressed here, just white people that are going to be oppressed? Do they not understand what the end game is and that everybody's lives are going to be destroyed? I don't think they do understand. And and it's never been taught in our schools. Uh, several generations have never been taught what, what Marxism and communism really is. In fact, in the last several generations, it's been glorified. And when we look, when we look at what Marxism, uh, how it comes about, we have to understand that whether they use slavery or they use some other thing, their goal is to tear down. All institutions. Karl Marx, or, uh, Karl Marx specifically said, and if you don't believe me, go grab the Communist Manifesto. He said, you have to tear down the institutions. You can't revamp them, tear them down, and you have to build them in our image. Mm-hmm. Now, how often have we heard that remake these in our image? Well, yeah. Uh, it, in fact, um, one of the reasons why I wanted you on tonight was I wanted to get your response to the fact that Sean King, who was one of the OGs of Black Lives Matter movement, even though um, I think it was revealed that he's actually white. He's like Rachel Dolezal. I think he identifies as, as black. He tweeted out today because people have been like, what, with this cancel culture and you're tearing down all these statues and these monuments. I mean, even tearing down like they tore down some Churchill monument somewhere and then uh, to come to find out they had no idea who Churchill was. Uh, miraculously, 
obviously, though, the Lenin statue in Seattle has been left intact. Um, but people were asking, like, where does this wh- what's the end game here? When where do, where does the cancel culture end? And then I see a tweet today that shows that kind of shows me that the cancel culture is, is where does it end? Kind of where it started. Uh And let me read you the tweet from Sean King. Yes, all murals and stained glass windows of white Jesus and his European mother and their white friends should also come down. They are a gross form of white supremacy created as tools of oppression, racist propaganda. Jesus was the he was the original dude who was canceled. Although he, then he rose from the grave, but this is not a coincidence. We knew that it was going to end up here because they have got to, they've got to get God out of our society. They've got to convince everybody now. This is the way to ultimately get God out of our society by accusing Jesus and symbols of Jesus as racist. This is incredibly disturbing. There's two points that you bring up there that are so critical. And again, I, I, it seems like Karl Marx is always at the, at the core of most of this. Karl Marx, and again in the Communist Manifesto, he said, you have to get rid of all longstanding principles. That means things like the Declaration of Independence, Constitution, the Bill of Rights, they have to go. All morality has to go because everybody can determine their own morality. And he said, our classless society must be a godless society because God does not exist. That comes almost verbatim from the Communist Manifesto and many other of, of his writings. Um, there was a document in, on January 10th of 1963. It's called Communist Goals for Taking Over America. It was entered into the United States Congressional Record. There are 45 specific goals they have. One of those goals is they have to, they have to capture a political party. Well, they were well on their way to capturing that political party in 1963, and they have it totally under their control now. But they also had to defame and uh, all of all of our heroes, all of our history, Mm -hmm. because you have to show the people that the basis upon which you were founded is a groundless basis and must be perfected and come about in an honest in an honest basis, as they would say that um, Marxism is this all of this stuff that we're seeing, Andrea. It's all documented, all of it. Yeah, the, I, what what I, I'm I disappointed. What I'm disappointed that the, there's nobody pushing back against this. There's you're right. It's not being taught in the schools. The interesting thing is somebody that I know, Jesse Kelly, started this movement, cancel Yale, um, because uh, you know um, there the left is very being kind of pretty strategic. They're organized in terms of where they're canceling Confederate this, Confederate that. Meanwhile, uh, they love their their um, hallowed halls of their higher institutions, their socialist Marxist indoctrination centers. So Jesse Kelly's like, oh really? How about Eli Yale was not just a slave owner he was a slave trader he he said i'm calling on both parties in congress to pass the strip university credentials act for every american university like yale georgetown and brown who are founded by slave owners i'm calling it the suc the suck act and university racism in these monuments to slavery maybe uh with this kind of i thought this at first i was like oh gosh some more cancel culture but i think it's brilliant because it's putting it's pushing back nobody's pushing back against this movement Don Jans, not the Republican Party. No, they got Tim Scott out there no. with reform legislation, which does nothing but validate the false narrative that America is is still a systemically racist country. You can't be celebrating Juneteenth on Friday, the end of slavery, and then act like slavery is still going on. 
but they are. And nobody had ever heard of nobody had ever heard of Juneteenth before. Right. I mean, it was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of. Wrap us up when with you, when you, with with wrap us up with what Marxism is and and what we need to do to push back. Okay, Marxism is enslavement. It's it's it's, it's absolutely enslavement. It's tyranny. It's all of those types of things. What do we do? First of all, we have to understand what it is. And people, you have to get into some books. You have to read. You have to study. It goes deep into the very nature of mankind. You have to understand it, what it is. Please, please do. You have to understand who we are, what the United States is. Why were we founded on natural rights? Why, where God is in control and not government? Why are we a republic and not a democracy? You must understand that. And then we have to understand that we're not going to win. It's critical that we win this uh, 2020 election. That is absolutely critical. If we don't, we're gone. So you have to, right today, grab some books, understand this, and then you have to go and you have to start talking with your neighbors, people who aren't really Marxist, but they say, oh, doesn't this sound good? And you have to start setting brush fires of freedom. Which is your latest book. Yes. My latest book setting brush fires of freedom, and you have to ask them, what, what happens when we defund the police? Why is that advantageous? Who does it benefit? And don't tell them. You discuss it with them because they have to come to their own conclusion. Mm-hmm. We will only remain free if we win this election, and we will only win this election if you and me and everybody who wants to remain free will go out and will talk to neighbors and get all the people to the polls because we have to have two votes for every one of theirs. That's now, right. Absolutely right. That, Absolutely. That's a fact. Everybody needs to get both your books, The Road to Tyranny and Brush Fires of Freedom. Don Jans, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Andrea. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to talk a little bit about this Bubba Wallace. We also got to talk about some uh, breaking news today that has to do with immigration, something that Trump has done uh, for American workers. We got more to talk about, so don't go away. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. I pretty much said everything I need to say about this Bubba Wallace dude, you know, um, because I'm not a NASCAR fan. I mean, watching cars go in a circle is about as interesting as watching, you know, golf. So um, I just I resent the idea that, you know, why is the Department of Justice in launching an investigation, dedicating time and money because of some NASCAR driver, because somebody supposedly found a, a noose? I, I, you know, first of all, everybody's automatically assuming that it happened um, as though we have not had hoaxes. Um, you know, did somebody check it to see if was Jesse Smollett seen in the area somewhere? I don't know that it didn't happen. I don't know that it did. Why is it automatically assumed that it did? Because somebody says that they saw a noose there. You know, so, um, you know, what happened to invest if they are going to investigate? How about we how about we find out what actually happened first? Um, you know, did somebody leave a handwritten note? Is that uh, this is MAGA country? Sorry if I'm doubting whether or not it's true. But I am because this nation has been dragged through. Nicholas Sandman was falsely accused. How, how many after the uh, Trump won election, how many uh, hate crimes hoaxes were there? There were a lot. 
almost almost none of the hate crimes that were alleged actually ended up bearing out. But let's say that this happened. Why is it that I, I made a joke earlier in the show? Like, what if somebody took a key to my car and said, die white chick with the DOJ launch an investigation? If not, hate crime, the very idea of hate crimes legislation is there's your systemic racism because it elevates some victims over others. That's not equality. And that was the argument today with this with this guy from Chicago. Like, where's the thirty to fifty thousand people here upset and and distraught and angry and protesting and just as horrified, if not more horrified over the death of a three year old boy than George Floyd? Where are the people? Um, I want to read something. Yeah, let me make mention of uh, Trump. This is economic news. Uh, Trump did. He's going to expand an executive order that halts uh, a bunch of different visa programs that brings in foreign workers. We got 30 million Americans unemployed through no fault of their own. And yet we still got over a million million foreigners being brought in to do all different types of jobs. That's ridiculous. So Trump's put a halt to it. It's going to free up about 600,000 jobs. So that's great news. Um, There are some exemptions, of course. Um, uh, because, you know, that's always the case as, um, you know, they pick and choose who they want to help in, in this. But that's great news for Americans. Um, you don't watch any kind of reality TV, do you, Tater No, Spence? I am. It, it, it's anti-reality TV as far as I'm concerned. Well, you know, I, and, and I do watch it because that's kind of my escapism because, you know. Oh, I get that point. Uh, there's no series TV that I'm interested in anymore. I mean, how many different versions of Law & Order are you going to watch? Now that's been canceled. But uh, there was a story, um, Vanderpump Rules, which was uh, based upon restaurants owned by Lisa Vanderpump, who is just, I have seen that a couple of times. She, I actually yeah. don't mind that. Well, yeah, and she's a far-left liberal gal. She does so much for, parade, all the, uh, for Pride, all these parades. I mean, her organization you know she's she's very far left and so you know she's never been accused of anything untoward well a couple of her employees and and people on the show were fired because they did something considered racist against this gal faith stowers well the backstory is that faith stowers actually the reason why they were mean girls against her was because she this gal uh african-american gal had slept with one of the castmates right um anyway why am i telling you this because this gal faith stowers ended up getting a couple of people fired from the cast on bravo because of them being racist and even though what she alleged them of happened years ago it's just like that flash thing it does not matter how much in the past your comments were they're going to dig and find something right and what's interesting to me and the reason why some text messages were revealed today and whether or not you like reality tv there, there's reality about what's going on here in, in the story. Let me read these text messages and you'll get my point. Uh, this is Faith saying to, um, girl, remember that podcast that's, uh, no, this is Faith's friend. Girl, remember that podcast that Stasi did about you calling the pigs? Oh, of course, where she bragged about her and Dute doing that blank. Yeah, you totally should say something. Right now, with everything going on against us, they will get slaughtered, LOL. And then Faith says, you think? I know someone who could get the word out. I wonder if Lisa Vanderpump will kiss my blank to come back on the show. Do it. Girl, you can go after Bravo, LVP, Stasi, Brittany, Jax, James, and that La la blank. You got to do it. You could make the news, girl. Uh, girl, I am so excited. You could get them all fired. This time, blacks unite and take the whites down. The entire show is made up over it. They go on to talk about how they're even going to manufacture something against Britney, even though they know Britney isn't racist. This right here is what it's all about going on across the country right now with this cancel culture stuff, and nobody's 
pushing back against it. And we need to. Love you all. Be back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time.